Hello friends, welcome to the Hillside Church Podcast. My name is Brad and I serve Hillside Church as the lead pastor. We're so glad to be able to share God's word with you in this way. God has so much in store for you and for your life. And one of the ways God works in our lives is through the study of his word, like the message you're about to hear. Our prayer for you is that as you share in this message, if it's me preaching or if it's someone else, is that God's word would minister to your heart and life in a most powerful way. Thanks again for being part of our church family. God bless you. For our message time today, um, we're going to be looking in a few different places in Scripture, but we're ultimately going to end up in John chapter 1. And so if you'd like to go somewhere, John chapter 1 is the best place to go. I want to thank Lori and Maria who shared the last couple of Sundays while, while we were away or while we were just recovering from being away. And I'm grateful for their faithfulness and the wonderful job they did. We've got lots of lots more people sharing with us over the course of the summer. Pastor Matt's going to be preaching next Sunday. Derwin's going to be sharing. Ludovic is going to be sharing with us. And we've got a friend of ours named Nick who's going to be coming sharing. He's, he's been a pastor for a long, long time. I shouldn't say that because that makes him sound old. But he's been a pastor for a while. We'll say that that way instead. Um, we got Steve Harmer who's going to be sharing with us. We've got lots of exciting stuff happening over the summer that will take place from the pulpit up here. But today I get to share with you. And so today I, as we're entering into summer, as we really begin, you know, Summer school ended like you know ten days or so ago, and and or a week or so ago, and you kind of starting to ease into summer. But even as we look around here this morning, like we can see summer started. You know, the, the, there there's a lot of people who aren't here today because summer has started. And what I want to do today is I want to sign you up for something. Something that, that's maybe a bit of a throwback for some of you. Something that some of you haven't had for a very long, long time. Something that may bring back a little nostalgia for you. I want to sign you up for a summer job. Now, I'm not talking about delivering flyers or cutting grass or, or whatever it is that you may have done as a summer job when you were a young person. Or, or maybe you are a young and you're like all looking to, to get your first summer job or, or you're looking to get hired for a summer job. But I want to, to invite you to see and un understand yourself in a certain way and then challenge you in light of that, in light of how I want to encourage you to see yourself give you a challenge as a result of that. Challenge you to live out who you are this summer in a very real and tangible and significant way. And how I want to see yourself, to under understand yourself, is this way. You are an influencer. Now, that's a word that can carry a lot of baggage these days. Being, being an, an influencer, what, what, is that, what does that mean? Uh, when we were in Italy, and I'm not going to, you know, every sermon now for the next eight months have an Italy story in it. But when we were in Italy, one of the most annoying things was because we were going to all of these famous places, what happened at every single one of them is there was an Instagram influencer who's trying to have a photo shoot in the middle of 20,000 people. People are pressing, everybody's trying to get their picture, but they're trying to do all their posing and stuff in front of the Trevi Fountain or, or whatever it was. And, and 
when we talk about being an influencer, sometimes that's the picture that I, I, I'm not saying I want you to get an Instagram account. And I'm not saying that I, and maybe you already have an Instagram account, but I don't need you to be one of those kind of influencers. That, that's, that's not what we're talking about. I'm talking about having influence. And I want to let you know that each one of us, me, you, everyone, has been given a sphere of influence. What it's up to is for us to see what our influence is and how we can best take that on and use it wisely. Now, most of us, most of you, myself, most people in general don't see themselves that way. Most people, when asked, are you a person of influence? They, they will look and go, no. I'm not, I'm not a person of influence. I, I'm no one special. You know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't do that. that that's not who I am. I, I'm not someone whose opinion matters. I, I'm not someone who, who is able to make a difference. I'm, I'm just another person. I, I'm nothing special. But I'm here to tell you today that, that you have influence. You have the power to influence people in your life. You, you have the power to influence people's experience. You have the power to influence people's lives. You have the power to have influence in our church, to make and shape the culture of our church, of your life, of your family, of your workplace, in a positive way. Because here's the truth about influence. Influence is relationship. It's nothing more than that. And it's nothing less than that. You are in relationship with people. You have a connection with people. You have the power to have even deeper connections and relationships with people. But you have relationships, and inside of those relationships is where influence exists. You have the power to shape people's thoughts and ideas. You have the power to shape people's expectations. You have the power to shape people's perceptions and observations because of the relationships you have. That when you go see a movie... And you're coming out of the movie. What is one of the first questions you ask the people you went to see the movie with? What'd you think? What, what do you think? And if you loved the movie, if you loved the movie, and you turn to the person beside you and you say, so what did you think? And they say, oh, that was garbage. Immediately, there's info. Oh, maybe it wasn't so good. Oh. Oh, maybe, or maybe they, oh, maybe I missed the point. But immediately, we can have influence and impact through relationship. Sometimes we can default to the positions that people have, that make them the most influential. That, that someone who has a title, someone who, ha, who has, has a position, they're more influential. You know, I could never be as influential as the pastor. <coughs> I could never be as influential as someone who's a part of the church because that's their job. But there, there's, a, a, 
The reality is, is that while the pastor and the staff of a church are, are put in the positions to have influence in people's lives, the pastors and the staff simply cannot have the depth of relationship that you can with everyone in your circle. The people with titles are not always the most influential. And the most influential are not always the people with titles. A title can lend some influence, but relationship is where influence is affected. Our attitudes and our responses go, go so much further to shaping what others around us think and feel than anything someone in a position removed from relationship could ever do. And so I want to challenge you to use the influence you have been given this summer and to begin to unpack for you what that means. I, I want us to turn to a passage that we've already read today that we shared in communion. As Paul is giving his instructions to the church on how they're supposed to do communion, and, and believe me, this church needed instruction on how to do communion. Drunken fistfights are not a sign of a healthy church. That, that's not a sign of how we're supposed to do communion. But as Paul begins this part of his letter, as he begins to speak to the church, this is what he says to them. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. What does it mean to use your influence? What does it mean to make a difference in the lives of other people? It means this. I've learned this about God. Let me tell it to you. It means passing along what you've been given. This is what God has done in my life. Let me tell you about it. That This is something that I've discovered to be true about God. This is a truth I found in his word. Can I share it with you? And that's what Paul, that's what we read Paul doing here. God, God gave this to me, and so now I'm going to share it with you. This is our job. That's, that's our summer job. Now, of course, it's human nature to look at the author of these words and then look at ourselves and see a pretty substantial difference, a pretty substantial distance between these two, because we're reading the words of the Apostle Paul. What did God give to him? The Bible. God gave him scripture. God gave him the largest chunk of the New Testament. That's not exactly who I am. That's not exactly what God has given me. I don't have the Bible. I have at best a couple of thoughts about what's in the Bible. And so to that, I would say, fair. Fair enough. You say, I don't know that I'm the Apostle Paul. Okay, I will give you that one. 
But what I want to encourage you with is that you, you don't need what you don't have. You only need what you do have. What has God shown you? What has God spoken to you? What is the difference that God has made in you? What God has given you, use your influence to pass along to someone else. But you may say, yeah, but I, I don't have much. It's barely something, if anything, at all. Does anybody remember what this is? It's a penny. Now, pennies used to be money. Not, not a lot of money. They were worth one one-hundredth of one dollar. And in fact, they were deemed so worthless that we stopped making them. And for many of us, when we think about ourselves and, and we look at ourselves in the mirror of God's kingdom, we see ourselves like a penny. We see ourselves as a plain ordinary person, someone who may not have very much to offer in terms of what God wants to do in this world. In terms of God's plan, God has a plan, but I am such a small part of it, I'm not even sure I matter. But here's what you need to know today. There is power in a penny. A one-penny increase in the cost of Coke would increase company profits by $45 million a year. A one-penny increase in the cost of jet fuel would increase the cost for Delta Airlines by $25 million per year. A one-penny wage increase in hourly wage at Home Depot would amount to $6.5 million in one year. One penny on the surface may not be able to make all that much of a difference. It may not seem like a single penny really does all that much at all. But when you get a whole bunch of pennies together, when a whole bunch When a whole bunch of people who can do a little come together, oh yeah, there's lots of echo, and our sound person is upstairs helping out in Sunday school. Awesome, no problem. This one will be fine. Ish. This one will be fine? This one was better, I think. Same. All right, well, God really wants to drill this in, so you're going to hear it multiple times. You know, God is saying, they're not hearing it the first time. I need it to be repeated over and over and over and over again as you say it. But there's just one, or when you get a bunch of pennies together, it can amount to a lot. And a whole bunch of people who feel like they can only do a little together can get a lot done. There's just one more place that I want to talk to us today 
want to take us to today to see how we can use our influence with each other. And this is, this is John chapter 1 that I, I mentioned earlier, and we're going to start at verse 43. At this point in, in the story of Jesus, he, he's in the thick of calling his disciples. Is he's calling all of his disciples, and he's just finished calling Andrew and Peter. And then we come to verse 43, where it will say this. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one who Moses wrote about in the law and the one whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. Then he added, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. Beginning of this text Jesus introduces himself to a man named Philip. He invites Philip to follow him. And Philip's immediate thought, his, his brain immediately goes to his friend Nathaniel and says, I, I gotta go talk, I gotta go tell Nathaniel about this man I just I, I've met the Messiah. I need to go find Nathaniel. Let me go find my friend. And so he runs off to find his friend Nathaniel. And Nathaniel is sitting under the fig tree. Philip looks to where he has influence. Who, who in my circle do I have some influence with? Who, who is someone in my circle that I could use my influence with to go tell them about the Messiah? What influence? Where, where does Philip have, have influence? He's got influence with his friend Nathaniel. So he runs and he finds his friend sitting under a tree and he says, Nathaniel, I have the most amazing news. We found the guy that the Old Testament was telling us about. We found Jesus. It's incredible. But Nathaniel doesn't exactly have like a come to the altar moment. He doesn't exactly have this moment where, where he, you know, gets up and then falls on his knees. Oh, praise God, we found the Messiah. Oh, this is incredible. Wow, I can't believe it. Instead, Philip is met with sarcasm. He, he's met with mocking. He, he's met with skepticism. He, he isn't exactly to meet this Messiah when this Messiah comes from a dump like Nazareth. Oh, oh, you're going to tell me that the Messiah came from Nazareth? I, I don't need to know anything more 
the Messiah ain't coming from Nazareth. Isn't this exactly what we're all afraid of when it comes to using our influence? Isn't this exactly what we're afraid of when it comes to telling people about Jesus? Isn't this moment exactly, what if I say something and they laugh at me? What if, I, what if I take a step of faith, I step into the unknown, and I tell my friend that you should come to church with me? And they go, church, get out of town. I'm not going with you to church. What, what, isn't this exactly what we're afraid of? I need to tell, let me tell you about Jesus and the difference he's made in my life. And we're met with sarcasm and mocking. Isn't this everything we're afraid of? At the core of so much of our, our hesitation to talk to friends and family and neighbors and people to, about Jesus, at the core of all of it, isn't this exactly what we're afraid of? And we see this right away with Philip. They're going to laugh at us. They're, they're going to mock us. And Philip runs and tells his best friend in the whole world, the one person that he could think of that needed to hear about Jesus. And he's met with laughing and mocking. But Philip, he, he's persistent with his influence. And his friend Nathaniel eventually comes. Eventually his influence takes hold and, and Nathaniel says, all right, I'll go meet your dumpy Messiah. I'll, fine, I'll go with you and meet this guy from Nazareth that you somehow think is important. And as soon as he's able to encounter Jesus, his life is turned upside down. And Jesus promises him, your life will never be the same. Here we see Philip doing exactly what Paul said he was doing. For I receive from the Lord what I also pass on to you. Nathaniel, what I've got, I want to give to you. I've got this knowledge of, of the Messiah. It's all I know. I met him. He said, follow me. And I came to find you to tell you to follow him too. That's all I've got. But what I've got, let me give to you. He didn't know much. He just knew Jesus. And he knew his friend Nathaniel needed to know Jesus. Now, friends, you have that kind of influence. You have that kind of power. We have an enemy that doesn't want you to know that. We have an enemy that doesn't want you to believe that, to understand that about yourself. But when we know that Jesus makes all the difference, like he did for Andrew, like he did for Philip, like he did for Simon, like he does for Nathaniel. When we know that 
what people need is Jesus, then we can use our influence to try and open those doors. I think all of us really do want to make a difference in this world. Deep down inside, we want to see our world changed for the better. But we can get caught in this, I'm only one person. And I'm a pretty insignificant person at that. We can get caught up in this mentality that that says, what can I really do? But here's what we need to understand today. But when every single one of us is willing to play the part that God has called us to play, our collective efforts, us very simple, ordinary, common people, us pennies, our collective efforts can make an astounding impact on the world around us. And so this is your summer job to take the influence you have to find someone to pass along what you've been given to find the people in your life sitting under a fig tree that need to know about Jesus maybe it's your kids maybe it's your family Maybe it's someone younger than you. Maybe it's someone older than you. Maybe it's someone who immediately comes to mind. Maybe it's going to take a little prayer to get there. Maybe it's sharing some truth like Paul did. And Maybe it's inviting them to come and meet this Jesus that has made such a difference in your life. Maybe it's someone you've already been trying to have influence with. Maybe you were met same way Philip was met. Let me tell you about Jesus. Ha! Jesus. I'm not doing that again. But take courage, take heart, take hope from the story of one of the very first people to ever tell someone about Jesus. Philip, one of the very first evangelists, and he was met with resistance. But he didn't give up, and he kept going. My challenge for each one of us is to find someone this summer and give what you've been given. Show what you've been shown. Use the influence that you have been given in someone's life to make a difference in their life. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, We know that for each, each one of us, God, you have placed us where we are. You have placed us in our, in our homes, in our families, in our communities, in our neighborhoods, in our cities, in our workplaces, in, in our, our clubs and sports teams, in our activities, God, in every relationship that we have. Heavenly Father, we know that you have placed us there for a purpose and for a reason. That we are to be salt. We are, we are to be light. We are to make a difference. We are to bring hope and joy. We are to bring you with us wherever we go. But God, you also know that for us it can be so intimidating. 
it, it can be so difficult to fully understand and, and fully be able to, to, to just dive in because we can be so ruled by what ifs. But God, I pray that for each one of us, God, that you would be bringing someone to mind. You, you would be bringing people to mind. God, you would be bringing people into our path today, into our path this summer, that we could use our influence with. That we would be able to say, let me tell you what it is that God spoke to me. Let me tell you something I learned about who I am in God. Let me invite them to come and meet Jesus. God, I pray that you would open doors in our lives for us to be like Paul, for us to be like Philip in our own way, on our own scale, God, in our own relationships with our own influence. God, would you allow us to, to bring you to the world around us? We love you, Jesus. We love you, Father. We love you, Lord. And we want to see our world, our community, the people around us impacted by the love you have for them. God, I pray for each one of us that's a penny. God, would you help us as pennies to make all the difference? In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. I woke up with the sunshine shining on down, coming through the window pane. Got so many Thanks again for being a part of this message from Hillside Church. We pray that God was able to speak to you through what we share. We're so grateful to be able to share God's word with our church community and family. And that includes you. And we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Hillside Airdrie. You can contact us through email at info at hillsideairdrie.ca. Or you can go to hillsideairdrie.ca and click on Contact Us from the main menu. Or you can find our pastoral team contact by clicking on Our Pastors from the Our Church drop-down menu. Our vision for everyone that shares in Hillside Church is that they would know God, know His hope, know His purpose, and know His power in their lives. And we pray this message ministered to you. At Hillside Church, we're a family not by blood, but a family that's been bought by blood. As family we go. It's peace like a river that never runs dry, overflowing in my soul. My worries are gone, cause I found a love, and it's lifting me up.